Welcome to Inside the Firm, a podcast dedicated to small business owners and hosted by entrepreneurs, Alex Gore and Lance Psycho. Each week, they take you on their journey of how to start, run, and grow a business by bringing you inside their architecture and real estate development firm. Get a behind-the-scenes tour of how these business leaders manage their clients and foster company culture while creating new and innovative projects. And now your host, Alex Gore and Lance Psycho. Al Gore. That's my name. It is so... Literally. Literally. Can I tell you how much I love being an entrepreneur and a capitalist? And those two go hand in hand, right? They go hand in hand. Yeah, it'd be hard. Well, no, you could be an entrepreneur. Yeah, 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 go ahead. uh, Socialist. (laughs) Just not make any money, I guess. Yeah, I guess. Yeah, you're just constantly asking the government what they need. Yeah. Uh, This whole cryptocurrency thing that we are getting into... Is insane. Is is awesome, and I, I would encourage. I get I get how everybody is so skeptical about it, but um, I, I and, just, and and we agree with those skepticisms. The government full disclosure might crack down. Full disclosure. It could be a fad for nerds, but listen, just one example. Everyone's into Bitcoin, right? <clears throat> we're we're getting and and, and what, the reason we're telling this is because this is inside the firm. Like we are having these discussions in that inside the firm and getting getting excited about it, and our and it's lighting up. Uh, it's lighting up the enthusiasm for just entrepreneurship in and, and developing your own wealth just with our guys. Yeah. You know, like them thinking ahead of to the future and like, how can they, how can they uh, become wealthy and then become more free? Because that's what happens. But also we're going to talk about how it applies directly to architecture. A lot of the people that listen to this are, are architecture firms, right? Yeah. But it applies to other businesses, and that will become more obvious. But the architecture aspects and ramifications, I think, are, are huge. Huge. But just going at why why it's so exciting. Uh, I'm a big fan of Bitcoin. I'm a big fan of Salt, which is another one, which is a lending currency. But Ripple, their tagline. Did you watch that video? Yes. Did you see their tagline? Yes, but tell us. To make transferring money as easy as transferring information. So if I send an email to China right now, it just goes there. Yep. If I want to send an email to China or to India, um, it, well, email just goes there. Money, oh my God, the process of getting money to those other countries. And just let's think just, about the hassle. Well, I will tell you about the hassle. <clears throat> so my dad is my dad lives in Brazil, and oh, often, often, oftentimes, oftentimes, um, what he'll what he will do is he will he will wire me cash. So that I can purchase a product for him here. That way, when he gets because or a hotel room because there's products that they cannot get in Brazil, and then or the tariffs are so so heavy on them. It makes he's actually and my dad is a is an entrepreneur too, and he's he's a he's a very wealthy businessman, and he knows what he's doing. So he will actually figure out and do the math on: is it cheaper for me to actually just fly the fly the product back? And the products I'm talking about are like pot in a pan i'm not joking like the guy cooks and loves to cook so it's yeah. it's crap like and he's that. coming here anyways so it's like yeah. i just pick it up at lance's place yep it, it, my whole family from brazil has this habit now it's hilarious they bring an extra carry-on yeah empty just to do stuff like that Look so that. so what i'm getting at is the hassle is he's got to send me cash then i gotta go to then i gotta go to freaking um safeway and i gotta go to the i gotta go to western union and then there's the fees and then mm. i gotta produce like ids and i gotta fill all this stuff and oh, i'm a busy you guy gotta physically fill out a form with like a pencil f- well there you go and that's what that's what we're getting at here now if we're talking about what 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 ripple this new cryptocurrency is saying is saying we can send stuff around the world in five seconds very large transactions and why what one of the reasons why we're so excited about it and we'll put this in the show notes oh wow is, your dad could start doing this 
that's why I'm trying to get him into it. Yeah. <laughs> um, is, so, you know, there, there's this use, there's this ease of use factor, <clears throat> but there was an article, and we'll put it in the show notes yesterday, that that stated that Ripple it will now be accepted for Amer- by American Express, which is massive. That's a massive turn of events because all of a sudden it's becoming mainstream. Like these financial advisors and and uh, economists are taking it seriously. I, I spoke with uh, one of our employees. One of his one of his brothers, like an, an accountant, and he was he came in the office yesterday and he was saying. That it was that was that was basically the every everything everybody was talking about as far as accountants and financiers go worst cryptocurrency. They yeah. could not stop talking about it yesterday, and there wasn't anything bad about it. And then I then I jumped on a private thread with one of my one of my friends who's an economist, <clears throat> teaches at CU Boulder actually, and he goes, "Oh yeah, everybody's everybody in my circles is now we're done laughing about it, and we've been talking about it seriously, very seriously this year, and 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 yeah. how it's going to." Pun intended. Ripple, ripple the environment. <laughs> so, the, and and obviously, there's there's benefit to ripple. I don't want to be on a ripple rah rah parade, but the the transactions that businesses do internationally is in the trillions of dollars. And Massive. to have them go through these channels with all this, it, and it's not like they're making ripple so you don't break the rules. You still money in, money out. You pay your taxes. You account for it. It, it makes all sense. It just goes through a uh, a pipeline that is smooth and sophisticated like an email rather than sp- sending a pony across international waters, which is equivalent yep. to what the... So so without without boring anybody to death about, you know, the ins and outs, you got to do your own research and all this other kind of stuff. But we're, what, like, what Alex and I, I think, do a great job about is we can see trends and we, and especially it, we've applied those trends to our business and capitalized them. You know, the one, one, like, trends even in the news, right? We did the whole Amazon thing, right? So... In our opinion, we are seeing a trend towards this is becoming more and more mainstream. And if you, the sooner you can get in and invest in a smart way, do your own research, I think you're better off. And so for me, I shared an article. That Wait, but just a heads up. So if people are interested, Lance is going to start doing videos. We're going to make a YouTube channel. Yep. And then some of it is just going to be explanation. And then I think some of it will be, um, I don't know, it won't be a podcast. Uh, well, Alex said uh, the promise was, and I, I think <laughs> correct me if I'm wrong. If I start, if I start the tutorial process, he will figure out how we can start doing YouTube live. Yes, and then and I think the thing will be because we have some very smart because guys we want to do we, we even want to do uh, inside the firm live. Uh, it makes sense for us. to Yes, do. so I'm going to figure out the YouTube and stuff like that, but. So that another person can, let's say you're explaining something, then I can ask questions like, wait. W- that didn't make sense, you know, do that over again or, 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 or whatever. Um, so stay tuned. I'm sure we'll announce it here. Um, but if you want to get into it, 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 it is vexing to get into a little bit because you think that it should be easier to get into. But once you know the process, because I read, I just restarted a new account. I'm like, Oh, this is easy. Just do this, 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 this. So, yep. There's hurdles, but, but, uh, it, I don't know. So I think I think that's one another thing Alex and I do pretty well is we try to break stuff down to its just simple basics. So we'll see how the, the videos do. Um, okay. So how do you, how does this relate to real estate? How does this relate to architecture de- uh, development? Uh, the 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 main thing that that we're involved in right every single day. So I posted a here's one way. So yesterday an article came out and and the title is dollars not accepted century old. Fond du Lac 
property on sale for 40 Bitcoin. So a historical property in Fond du, Fond du Lac, which is that Wisconsin? I think it's around. Uh, I think it's in Michigan. Okay. Um, Could yeah, be wrong. I'm but. sorry for not knowing that. <laughs> I should know that. The asking, so a historical property in Fond du, Fond du Lac is for sale, but not for U.S. dollars. The asking price for the more than 100-year-old former Elks Lodge. This this house is awesome, too, by the way. It's like this Victorian-looking thing. It's super cool. Um, is uh, 40 Bitcoins. Which, which is only $300,000. Yeah, exactly. If you do the math, you know what Bitcoin is worth and all yeah. that stuff. Um so I want to quote. I'm going to quote the uh, um, people involved with this. So quote: We what we were surprised by Bitcoin is that you can do this at a private level. So this isn't a government issuing money. Brian Engel Engelhart, associate professor at University, I think it is Wisconsin, Oshkosh's Department of Economics. Oh, maybe said, it is then. It's just this network of individuals. Meaning Bitcoin can be used in different countries and online. Um, and then it said, you know, and then it goes on a little bit, but. So, a lot wow. of people. What if, what if not that this, is, this would be the case? But what if someone in China wanted to buy that house and they had Bitcoin? They could just oh, bam! Instead of, and that's why, know. and that's why we're we're cautiously going into this podcast today, saying uh, this is fringy, um, but it's exciting because it's fringy because the potential's here and it's starting to take mainstream. But know that at some point the government is going to get involved with this and it's going to get more regulated. But the critical part is, and that's why, you know, Ripple is such a huge thing because they're following all the rules and they have been more open with anybody about trying to actually have this government yeah. partnership. But why I see it, I think everyone should follow the rules and how, how it would work and follow the rules where you're not breaking any rules is that, okay, that person sends over Bitcoin. They obviously took it from a, another country, their own country. They got, they already paid taxes on it. And then once that person that accepted the money, unless they're just going to keep spending in Bitcoin, then I don't know. But if they take it out of Bitcoin into US dollars, then you declare that you now have $300,000 and you, you know, and then you, and then you, you, and then you go talk to your accountant and you figure it out. Yeah. And that is the way. But, but and that's the only way I've been thinking about it because I haven't think thought about how to skirt the system. If they just use that money to sell and then they never pay, I don't know. Not what we're into. Not what we're into. Not what we're into. What we're into is just <laughs> capitalizing on opportunities. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So it's here. You go. You have a perfect example when people. So if if you've ever if you've heard of any of this stuff, people are always asking like, well, what can you really buy with it? Here's a here. I cannot give you a bit of bigger example of a. And and as everybody knows who listens to this podcast, we believe in real estate investments. <laughs> mm-hmm. It can't get more, you know, the best thing you could do for yourself is pay off your house. Then your house is paid off and all you got to do is pay the property taxes. But like you cannot have a better asset than your own house and or also real estate. It, it's a bulletproof investment, you know, type. Yeah. But I think that segues, not segwits. <laughs> That's a bit. Nobody gets that. It's a crypto joke for a few of you. You say wits fail. Oh, we are totally nerding out um, today, and I love it. But into, I don't think that's the real power. I think that was a great example yes. about linking it to architecture and the economy. But I think you had another idea about how it links to architecture and development and business. Absolutely. So this is, and everybody uh, will also link to this article, but I'm, I'm going to also educate Alex and myself <laughs> in real time on this podcast. So I brought it up to Alex last night. I said, what if we did? So I, uh, we are, we are soon going to be trying to figure out how we are going to fund our, our own real estate development project. We need some way of funding that and buying things and paying people. Right. So I said to Alex last night, I said, what if we did an ICO? 
And for anybody who doesn't know, an ICO is an, it's called, it's an initial coin offering. Okay. And so I'll give you guys another definition. So in a little background, there's a, a, a cryptocurrency called Ethereum. Ethereum. And essentially what that is, it's a platform, it's a cryptocurrency in itself, but you can also make your own currencies based off of that. So you don't have to, I'm sure you have to be smart. I'm sure you have to be nerdy. I'm sure you have to figure it out, but it's not like you're developing a whole new code based like these other big ones. So it's more accessible. So people will make their own coin based off the Ethereum platform. Yep. If you, if you went right now and went and read the original white paper on Bitcoin, for instance, your mind would be blown because likely uh, there's just a lot of calculus <laughs> and stuff like that that goes into these, right? Okay, so what is an ICO? An initial coin offering or ICO is a medium of exchange or, or trading of cryptocurrencies of liquid value for future crypto coins. It is used to raise money to form a new cryptocurrency project. ICOs are done by the project supporters and developers to mutually gain from it, dispute, distributing and regulating initial coin supply. So we'll link to that article. But what's hilarious is, is now all of a sudden because of this, so it's a way to raise money for your project, right? You just think about it that way. I found another article that's called Real Estate ICOs Coming in Flocks, question mark. Oh, a, nice. An emerging market, Okay. So I scrolled down and I was looking at this and, and, and the first, the one that really caught my eye. So we'll link to this article too. Just look into it. I, I think it's worth it to just read about this stuff and, and start piquing your interest because it, 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 this is fringy right now. And eventually it's going to go from fringy to bleeding edge. And then it's going to go to cutting edge. And then all of a sudden it's going to go and then it'll be mainstream. And uh, if you can get in, in your own educated way. Right. But the one that really stuck out to me is it's called, um, it's called the estate coin, okay? Mm. And I'm going to read this to you. So it's if you go to estate-coin.com, this is hilarious, okay? So this is a const- a real estate development company that is doing an ICO, okay? And they've got some architectural drawings up there. So I'll read I'll read to you what they are. We are a development company and we want to build up to 10 houses. Jeez, that sounds like us. Yeah. According to the submitted project, each house is equipped with a 1500 terahertz miner. This this is where it's interesting. When working, the miner allocates heat for heating the apartments. Payment for heat is included in the package of the utility payments paid by residents or apart of apartments. Thus, part of the cost of the electricity for the miners is paid by the future residents of the apartments. In addition, Houses are built in district centers where electricity is of low cost. Does it say which miner they're putting in? Uh, yeah. Then it goes into exactly what kind of miner they're going into. So and I'll, I'll turn this to you, Al, a little bit, the computer. Yep. Um, so it shows, it shows the processor, and it gives it some specs. You know, it gets a little nerdy and literally physically yep. shows and it. Have I told people? Do people know what miners are? Should I explain you that? You should quick? explain that. Okay, so miners are dedicated chips. Um, basically, you can get a graphics card or you can get an ASIC chip, A-S-I-C, which basically means it's meant to mine. So what mining is, is two things. One thing is when you send bitcoins between Lance and I, there's thousands of miners, right? And they can see, they can't see inside my wallet or Lance's wallet, but they can see the transition. the Transaction. Me, yep, transaction um, of me sending it. And everyone's looking at that. And then people verify it. So now in this, it's called a ledger. All these people are agreeing like, hey, that dude sent that dude money and that's okay. 
And why this protects you is that essentially the only way to steal it is for some people to say, oh, no, 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 no. He didn't send it to Lance. He sent it to me, right? But there's so many miners and it's so decentralized that everyone else would say, uh, that dude's lying. And then it's basically a vote and it's basically a power of all those computers saying that guy's lying. So it works out, right? And then the other thing is that you have to solve these algorithms too, because that computing powder isn't isn't that hard, but you need to show that you are you know doing work. And I haven't read all the theory behind it, but they say it's the only way to kind of give a reward for what you're doing. Um, and I actually think it's building a super AI computer that will take over the world. But that's my that's ad, that's a I'm gonna call that an owl theory. That's you an owl hashtag theory. owl theory. Yeah. <laughs> so so the original Bitcoin was just an AI computer <laughs> growing computer systems for itself. And don't even get him started on space. Oh, don't, don't even start. No, no. <laughs> Why did you even mention it? I'm gonna have to discipline myself <laughs> to stay on that's topic. It's a good thing, little Jacko. Yeah. Um, so let me go on a little bit. That's what these miners are. Little that's, so that's what these miners are, right? So the idea is you can you can imagine, and, and I'll describe the picture for everybody who's you know who's terrestrially listening, because there's no video option. Uh, it it looks like a little um, desktop like tower. Okay, that's all that's all this miner looks like. So it's 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 a computer. Just think of it as like, oh, I have this computer in my house, and it, it is doing these calculations and 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 mining, yep. mining bit more coin for me. Okay, <clears throat> so the website goes on to say. All this in aggregate gives an opportunity to increase the investment income of the project. Investors will be able to receive a stable income over a long period of time. Mm. The houses are designed for operation for about 70 years. The mining will be relevant for at least 100 years. You can't sit there. I know, I know, but yeah. but so this is that was a skeptical. This is being bullish. Face. This is being very bullish about this yeah. about this technology, right? And, that, and we are bullish right now about it. But you can't tell me, you can't sit there and look at me now and say, I'm gonna. Frank Lloyd Wright Ooh. wouldn't, wouldn't, doesn't this fit with his Usonian idea and the concept of his Usonian cities? So I don't know about that. That's a left-hand curve to me. But what it does hit with is one of the things that um, is the entrepreneurial mindset, right? And then in our townhomes, you're going to have two bedrooms upstairs, living room, dining room, all that on the middle floor. And then downstairs, you're going to have another bedroom. And what we always thought is like, man, you could rent that out and, and do it on Airbnb, or you could rent that out to a friend. You could rent the other one. And, and that's how you make your money. You could literally live in our apartments for essentially free or nothing down, gain equity while you're renting out these rooms. And then if somehow you had attached to that, oh, there's an option for you to be a miner too. And, and then, we have a solution for cheaper power because we're doing solar direct panels. solar. Direct Do you see why we're excited about this? And and the reason why that's uh, so key is because the solar panels themselves will be cheaper than going through the utility because they don't have that middleman. And that's where it, it, it's so hard to actually mine because if you're paying your utility prices, it, the, the money you're getting is almost equal to what you're paying the utility exactly. companies. Yep. The, the return on investment is just not there. And that's the idea. So so this is why, it, like for me, this comes full circle with combining technology and architecture and development and, and creating this ecosystem. And we always talk about creating these, these ecosystems within, within our inside the firm and what we do. Yeah. It seems like a, a very interesting thing to make to pause for us to possibly explore. That's why I'm excited about it. What do, what do you think? Isn't that crazy? That's crazy. So the, they're doing a coin 
their their concept is that we're just going to integrate mining into our architecture into our architecture and and the whole real estate development transaction okay extremely interesting extremely interesting and then so then the website goes on you got to take a look at this website because it it looked they've figured they've thought everything out they even give you a nice little development road roadmap so they do like preparations one month after ico and then they go development stage they go into here's how we're then we're gonna take your guys money build build up to 10 houses and then after after the 12 months they even have a mining timeline. Like, here we go. Start the mining. Start the miners up. And here's the ecosystem we've created. I, I wonder <clears throat> if the people that are interested, especially in Boulder County where we are, th- these are going to be techie nerdy people that are actually interested in that offering, right? Yes. And they might be smart and they might want to do their own mining operation because you can do G- G- what, I, what I just said, GPU versus ASICs, right? And then you can always upgrade. So what if when we sold it, we just sold... Basically, we said, these are mining ready. Mining ready. So what that means is it puts a cue out to all these te- tech nerds. And I say that with, with love, not not. Me too. We're nerdy. Absolutely. And, and, and show them how if you purchase the solar package, how that will be cheaper. And then you can set up your own mining equipment. And then we, because they take 210 Yep. Volt instead two, two, of two twenty. Two twenty. 220. Sorry. Yep. 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 Instead of one ten. Yep. Two twenty. So basically, of like you know, everybody knows two twenty. You need a, that's for welders, like that kind of level yeah. of power. So maybe one of the pantry closets is hooked up with that, and then we have the venting so that we attract another person who's looking at all these other ones, and they go, "Oh, I might want to get and into again, it." How and interesting is how then you can take that heat because you and you let them buy the machines, whatever they want. Yep. But you take that heat, and it's another level of sustainability, like. This is where we start to merge. This is like the first step of merging with machines in a good way, in a good way to where, where it's this cool symbiotic relationship and, and we're, we're creating economies and systems. So awesome. So let me read a little bit more, okay? Yep. To attract, so this is from their website again, estate, estate-coin.com. To attract investment, we decided to use an innovative way of financing, ICO. This new mechanism gives us opportunities for expanding the portfolio of construction projects. Our project takes care of its investors and offers them unique investment conditions. Example, 3% of the nominal value of contracts for the first 12 months. After the end of the ICO campaign, construction of houses on this project takes about 12 months. 25% after the sales of apartments in the houses in 14 months. And also increase every three months on 60% of the extracted cryptocurrency. So that's like the the cherry on top to this whole thing is they're like, oh, so now all of a sudden I'm, I'm an angel investor, essentially. I'm getting a return on my cash, yep. right? But I'm also, now all of a sudden I get like this constant flow of cryptocurrency because coming back. Because they're giving you a percentage of the miners? Of the miners. Yep. Okay. Yep. I understand that. Yep. The only thing is that I, I really don't buy and, and I think... I think you will buy my logic here. When they say that the mining has a potential for 100 years, computers go that's crazy. out of date that's in crazy a couple talk. years. Yep, yep. That's crazy talk. So, so I'm a little skeptical about that. I'm a little disappointed that they said that. Um, but it, it, it's a really cool concept. And, and where I was thinking about going is, Lance, think about this. Yep. <clears throat> I, I'll, I'll have to look through their numbers, but I like that there's investing. And, and what if there's a coin? Not just for an individual project, right? For our project, which we could do, right? Yep. But what if there's a coin for multiple projects, right? So that a developer has to come and he has to mine land. He has to bring land at least. 
Get what I'm going yes, at? Yes, I do. So then now you know there's an actual stake in the ground, right? And then you have to verify that. And then they put together their proposals. And then people can vote you know, with their money if they want to invest, right? And you have to think about, okay, what's the benefit? Because I could just do that with dollars. Yep. But I think here's the benefit is that let's say a project takes a year, 18 months, two years, okay? I invest in um, this pencil housing company yep. over here, right? But, and then I know that I'm, I'm going to get those return on investments. And normally with cash, you're locked into that 18, you know, 20 months, whatever. But since we're on the crypto market, I can send my coins to you or you can buy my coins from me in six months. Hey, baby got sicked. I need, I need my money back and transfer that. And I only get up to that point. And since it's smart contracts and smart monies, it can pay you in those increments. So it's not large sums. It's the, the computing power and everything is automatically happening. So then you're giving liquidity to a market that does not have instant liquidity. That's a value. Exactly. Yep. Exactly. Yep. Instead of it being locked up. And I think that's appealing to people because people when, when people dive in, it doesn't matter what kind. Of, you're like, okay, how, you're always looking for the out. How can I get my money back out again? Do I have, am I protected? But but how how um, again it, it's stable too is because it's the free market. Because I have to send I have to sell mine to a willing person. If I need that money, right, and no one's willing willing to buy it, like the initial the initial how you do it is like you just have to wait. You're kind of just screwed, right? <coughs> but now what you can do is that you can sell it and that person can see, hey, it's going well. Um, they could maybe sell it for more or they could say, you know what? No one's really wanting to buy it. I have to sell it for less and take a loss, but this is what's going to happen. So that's the, how the liquidity balances itself out. Yeah. Awesome. Cool. So uh, we're going to we're gonna see what we can come up with and entertain the idea of... of, of, of Maybe we don't. Maybe we don't do a full ICO or something like that. But maybe at the, the, at, we at least have mining ready units, and we we are presenting them and selling them in that way and attracting a whole kind of different clientele that you never even thought existed. Yeah, I want it because again, what I know now, man. <laughs> if somehow I had all this information five years ago when I was buying a house, it would almost be a, it would be a no brainer if I could get enough money to get one of those units. Ooh, be attractive. It'd be attra- exactly. It would be attractive. Yeah. Yep. yep. So uh, with that, uh, we have a we have Nick Renard. I believe that's what's on next. Let me look at our schedule right here. What do we got going we on? We prepare at least a little bit. Yeah. Nick reads. Nick um, reads. And today's a special Nick reads because today we are going to reveal. Uh, Nick is going to reveal uh, where where Nick gets his uh, wonderful sayings. Yep. So he sent us a present. At, uh, we haven't opened it. Al's going to open it on, the, on, live on air after after we listen to Nick. Yeah, so, so let's listen to Nick. Hello, best friends. I hope you all had a great week this week. A reading. This and that. Since service companies are in the talent management business, it means the company must figure out how to balance three major tensions. Long-term and short-term view. The first challenge to navigate is the balancing act between the long-term and the short-term mindset. Your talent must integrate both into their daily decision-making. The long-term means being at the leading edge of your industry. This is how you retain clients and win new ones. It means innovating, expanding into new geographies, 
and acquiring new skills. Long-term thinking makes businesses effective, but is not always efficient. The short-term views keeps your talent committed to being exceptionally productive. It means meeting deadlines and performing on budget and on scope. I think the best way to achieve this is by open book management. Help your team understand the firm's strategic vision as well as its financial fitness through frequent updates. We value what we measure, so we try to provide detailed reports to our managers and leaders. We measure the productivity of our professional staff, collections, performance to project budget, and many other areas. We versus me. The second biggest challenge is balancing the individual's ambitions with those of the firm. You must determine whether you want an army of mercenaries or want to build a firm that acts as a family. We personally believe in building a family culture. Families have staying power and build deep roots. A family culture respects both the individual and the group and is committed to helping each other out. You celebrate in the good times and you cooperate to figure out your way forward during the tough ones. Whichever model you choose, your mission is to align the ambitions so that both can thrive. And third, well, best friends, we'll save that one for another day. You know it. Art Gensler. Lance. Al. Oh, what a rogue and peasant slave am I. Is it not monstrous that this player here, but in fiction, in a dream of passion, could force his sold soul to his own conceit? Toodles! Okay, so I want to talk about what he talked about before I opened the that's present. That's fair, that's fair. So it was long-term versus short-term. Yep. And what I think is that we might do this, the long-term might inform the short-term. <laughs> so the long-term is being on the leading edge, cutting edge, new technology, exactly what we just talked about, a yep. new idea, yep. right? He said it's inefficient. It's inefficient because it's harder to do something first and it's easier to reproduce it second. So that's where that's coming from. But where I think that goes is what we're doing with our team with this new uh, long-term vision is that when when we're buying bitcoins and miners and all that stuff there's there's guys doing spreadsheets probably right now that are breaking it down into percentage of ownership per hash rate basically right so once that system kind of organizes itself and we know we've talked about on this firm how to best go about transferring the firm ownership to the employees absolutely too. and and I, I got examples and one of the examples i didn't like is that a firm is just giving people after three years they're just giving people ownership and i asked and and it, it pays out it, it literally you know after you leave the firm you get you wait three years and it starts paying out i go well does that deter you from from leaving the firm and they're like it's nice but it doesn't deter me right but if we have a system based off of real economics where hey the firm profits this much a year and we break that down proportionally into shares and you can buy in and then you can get that. And then if you don't, you can sell it out, but you got to sell it out to someone. 
then it's all tied to something real. And that's what I like. And especially if we're doing this Bitcoin, I think everyone will understand that. And then I think we'll have better metrics. So then we can look at a project and maybe we add things like performance per project. Okay, this one made this much. People helped out. I think it's a very complicated thing to do well. But once it can, but it, but like you said, if we can shake that, if we can shake that out, you know, through this sort of semi-organic process that we're going through, right? Yeah. We, Organically I, build it. Yeah. 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 How does that not give people extreme ownership? Right? How does it? it, it, it that's exactly what it is. Every yeah. time. Every time, little Jocko. Little, little tiny Jocko. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> So ready to, can, can I open this? Yes. Okay. So apparently these readings at the end where Nick says whatever come from some source that we have no and idea. my guess, uh, if you didn't catch last week's episode, it was, my guess was Out Cold, and which is a snowboarding movie yep. or a ski movie, but like with Zach Galifianakis. Yeah. It was like, it was popular when Alex and I were in high school and uh, it was the guess was close, I think. Okay. I was almost going to say Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. But, seems, oh, that, yeah, I can see that. But that, that's a heavy book because I own that book, and this doesn't seem that heavy. So here we go. All Open right. it up. What is it, Al? Ski School. Awesome. <laughs> so it's a DVD. Oh, I love that. I remember <laughs> that. Oh. Do you even have a DVD player? I don't have a DVD player. I used to. We're going to have to watch this at the office. You know what's so funny? When uh, <laughs> TiVo came out, I think I told you this story, but everyone else... Ski school. In, in college, everyone had... Not everyone had TiVos, but <laughs> my grandma gave me her DVD player. No, her tape player. <laughs> her tape player. I go... And I told like, everyone... Like VHS. Yeah, VHS. Hilarious. And I go, oh yeah, I can record that show for you. And they're like, oh, you got TiVo? I go, yeah, I got TiVo. It's called VCR. <laughs> 19, anyway. So this this film... Is from 1991, and to date that, Alex and I would have been eight. I was a little bit younger. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so we're gonna. I get here. We go. Thanks, Nick. Appreciate it. I. Somehow, I can't wait. I can't wait. I'm gonna hear your voice when they when they have their little quips and quotes. It's gonna be great. So somehow I I will watch this because this is a perfect uh, winter movie. The other one that I want to see, uh, what's it called? It, Nick, you might know it. Uh, Hot dog. Hot dog. Yeah. We need to find hot dog. Apparently, it's another epic ski movie. And I think I'm just going to... I'm somehow going to do that and then watch this one weekend and watch hot dog. You know what? Out Screw cold. it. And know how I know about hot dog. I was in... Where was I with Annie? Aspen? Something like that. And we went to this bar. It was a cool bar. And it was Annie and I. And apparently, no one goes out to bars at 8. But we do because we're <laughs> early at every... Because we get yeah, up. 10 p.m. or later, silly boy. <laughs> yeah. But anyways, they had a movie playing in the background. It looked awesome. And he's it like, was yeah, hot dog. It's hot dog. He's like, that's always playing in the background. It's nice. a great movie. Nice. So I'm gonna watch both of these in one weekend. That's fantastic. Yeah, great. Uh, with that, so last week uh, we we put on the we, we put on this really cool thing uh, for downtown Longmont, and we, and we also at the same time had our favorite some of our favorite professors from our alma mater come and visit us, and it was so cool because they'd never been to our. Uh, city before and w- where we operate and uh, we got to show them the office and then Alex also got we got to show them the de- where we're going to do our development I got to show them my new house uh, we showed them what we we're doing downtown it was it was fantastic plus Alex got to interview them yep. so we have a little segment so here is uh, Professor Mark Barnhouse and Cindy Cindy Ernest from NDSU so I'm here with uh, two of my favorite professors there's a lot up at NDSU 
Um, I, re- I, I almost like it. I, I can probably say I like almost all the professors from back in my day. Um, but it's Mark Barnhouse and Sydney Ernest. Uh, both of them, somehow we connected from the beginning, the second years when you really get into the architecture program and been uh, friends ever since. And now we're, it's crazy to say we're almost 10 years out of college, Lance and I, which doesn't seem like that. Um, but anyways, since you guys are in the academic field, we have a segment where it's called kind of best and worst, worst advice. What has worked for you? But students listen to this too. So I kind of want to ask you guys, what's some advice you'd give to students? What's some advice where you see maybe successful students or something to shy away with? If you guys have any thoughts on that. Um, One of my favorite little books for uh, young architects is 101 Things um, They Teach You in Architecture School. And one of the best pieces of advice from that book is um, when you talk about your work, always talk as if you were presenting to your grandma. And I I think that's an important thing to... um, you know, someday down the road, each student is going to have to talk to a client. And plain spokenness is an asset in our business rather than convoluted talk that makes us seem smart and special and (laughs) the client not so smart and special. So that's my my, um, um, best advice uh, that I can give them. uh, so the, the thing, oh, don't talk like that. Is I guess the, um, time management, time management, all nighters. Um, <coughs> you know, we, we've done them in school and we've done them in offices, and they're rarely uh, effective times for working. So just trying to get that figured out. And I am the worst person in the world to talk about that. I've learned the hard way. Mark knows. <laughs> <laughs> I just finished practically some all-nighters on a project that I had to do, but but that time management and, and <coughs> life balance. Okay, so before we go to Mark, I, I just want to comment on yours. Mm-hmm. I love those because I love my grandma, <laughs> <laughs> and I, and I think the the clarity is key when you're talking mm-hmm. to someone. Mm-hmm. But then also the vibe that you get off. If you're talking to your grandma, <laughs> uh, Lance can bring Mark some water too. Yeah. If you're talking to your grandma, you'd there's the, the feeling of, of love and, and just exuding that when you're, and it doesn't have to be that you love your client, but just a warm, yeah. a warmth that's coming across a genuine feeling. That's right. And then for time management, what I've learned, because the, the efficiency from, from when I was in your studio <laughs> and, and trying to think of a project and being up all night versus the, we just did the Amazon. We just yes. kind of made up a concept and, and that skyscraper was done in under two working hour days where I could go home to my family and kid. And honestly, (laughs) how fast that was done with, with all the views and everything. And one thing to help students is that you can make rules for yourself from design principles, grouping, alignment, or flow. And then you can stick in those and that will eliminate everything else because you'll get another opportunity to try a different rule, a different set, and you can break those in the end. But if you make rules and take uh, falling water, for example. Mm-hmm. So the rules of falling water are everything that's horizontal is, uh, is basically a stucco concrete. Everything vertical is stone and glass is the glue mm-hmm. that goes mm-hmm. together. Yeah. So he could have done some cool things where 
concrete comes, stucco comes and wraps up, but vertical is not concrete, only stone is. So that could have been a cool move that you could explore for hours and you could keep going, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. but it doesn't fit the rule so you don't have to think about it. <laughs> That's so. great. That's great advice. And, and just sort of one thing to add to the, the, uh, the recommendation for plain speaking is um, the, the idea of the narrative and the story. And, uh, um, you know, if, if, if you've got a good, st- a good story to tell that will pull um, your audience um, or your client into the, the world that you're potentially creating for them, um, that's the best thing you can do. That's what you'd want to do f- with your grandma <laughs> yep. or a client uh, and or a teacher. And what's great about what you learn in architecture school is making visual images and I- images are our stories. And that's where I remember when I showed my mom, a di- I think it was a skyscraper. She goes, I just wouldn't even know where to start. And in our heads, I go, oh no, you start the model, you do this, you apply this filter, you know, it, it made sense. But I'm like, oh, there's this crazy form that the majority of people that are not in our field, they, how do you even start that? You have no idea. Um, same thing with if you ask me to program a computer, I have, <laughs> I wouldn't know where to start, but it's so powerful that, that visual skill that everyone's learning yeah. in storytelling. Right. Mark? Well, one of the things I think uh, we don't talk to all of you enough about, <clears throat> excuse me, is the uh, fact that architecture is a very difficult medium uh, in which to practice. Uh, it takes tremendous skill and imagination to uh, design a building, uh, just about any sort. Uh, you you guys know that very well from your tiny house project. And that being the case, I think that students have to be, one, I think they have to be patient with themselves and uh, try and make um, periodic uh, uh, um, improvements in their uh, in their technique, but also in their view of uh, what has uh, aesthetic content and value and what doesn't, and be able to see that there's a, a lot of very poor architecture designed and built um, in the world, everywhere in the world, and it's important to be able to... Uh, uh, make a decision about what's good and what isn't. Mm-hmm. And don't pursue that that isn't uh, good. Uh, only pursue ideas that are uh, have will have and possess now some value for the future. Uh, our buildings, when we build them, they're, they're incredibly long-lived uh, entities. Uh, you can take a look at Renaissance Hall. I'm, I point this out to students constantly. Uh, it's well over 100 years old. This uh, is a grain building that turned into the architecture building. Well, Re- it was a bookstore. Mm-hmm. Oh. Most recently. Most recently, it was a yeah. bookstore. Yeah. Um, is that the International Harvester? No, no, it was um, before that. Yeah, but yeah. before that, it was. Uh, I forget what the term yeah. was. Okay. Um, but that building is well over 100 years old. Uh, it's been all uh, renovated. Its useful life began again. Uh, if people were to take care of it, uh, there really isn't an uh, uh, ultimate lifespan for that building. It's full, mason- load, full load 
masonry it's walls gorgeous. and uh, heavy timber construction, which you can't you can't even get that kind of wood nowadays. Um, uh, what's its uh, what's its um, uh, estimated lifespan? Another hundred years, another two, and that's an issue that I think we haven't come to terms with uh, in architecture. Is that uh, I think really when you look at things, we build a very good building these days. Uh, and I think our buildings in general are very durable and will last a very long time. And we need to, we need to rethink uh, <clears throat> whether or not what we refer to often, what the con contracting uh, industry refers to as uh, uh, value engineering. Uh, and they're looking for very rather short payback periods and I don't think that really applies when you think about the, uh, the longevity of a piece of architecture in, in our world. Uh, in as much as it's going to persist for so long out into the future, uh, operations and maintenance is a much larger piece of a building's life than the initial cost of it. Yep. And I think it's really important for everybody to start understanding uh, what durability means and what the ability to... Uh, 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 retask and renovate buildings out into the future means. Uh, I don't think the 20-year payback periods for various uh, technical aspects of the building are very uh, intelligent. You need to think about um, much longer periods of time, 100 years, 200 years, indefinite lifespans. Yep. Uh, and there's some nuance to that statement, too, because if you think about sustainability, some people would prescribe that you right-size the building meaning that it's tight to the program. Yeah. But if you look at New York and if you look down at the warehouse, warehouse district where all the shops were, they have large ceilings. Yeah. They have, And it yeah. was able to be repurposed yeah. easily because yeah. of that generous space. So there's always this, there's a dichotomy and you have to think about the nuance. Uh, flexibility uh, in is, space. Is sustainable. It, yeah, it's just uh, a really, really good thing to have in your buildings. Yeah. Uh, two highly specialized uh uh, interior spaces uh, will interfere with the uh, uh, length of time that the building can be useful to people. Yep. And to bring back where you started off, back to students, um, I, I because you were talking about developing a skill. And what I want to say from reflecting back since, since you guys are here is that you will get many points. You will transition from project to project throughout, you know, how many, probably three studio projects a year, I mean, per, per semester, what, one, two to, two to three, two to three. Two to three. Two to three. And don't be afraid to, you know, you go down one path for one studio project and then you get a, you get to start over and then you get to do another one. And knowing the practice, I think, uh, I've been doing one huge project for, you know, a year. That's way different than three yeah, a is. semester. It is. So, there's uh, in between those points when you're transitioning, you can have a self-reflective moment and said, I tried this strategy. I can develop this strategy stronger and you can do that so that you, you know, are pointed in one direction, but you can also say, no, I'm going to consciously try a different strategy. Um, and then you could, and then going back to time management, you could, okay, I'm going to limit myself to this strategy just for this project because I know another project I'll be able to, to do some Frank Gary stuff or, mm -hmm. you know, whatever. But um, I just want to touch back on that because you, you brought it up in the, in the beginning there. So, um, I think that's, ab that's absolutely true. And, you know, we look at students and we see some of them 
tend to develop a style where there's, you know, they start out and there's just something about it. You can look at all their work and, you know, there's that thread that ties them together. But then you look at other students who are intentional about doing what you said. It's like, okay, I tried that this this project. Now I'm going to, you know, put another hat on altogether. And, uh, and I don't think, that, you know, we encourage students, I think, to do that. But I don't think there's a right or wrong way there necessarily. I agree. I agree. Well, thanks for stopping by. Any parting words? Uh, best of luck to the two you, of you guys uh, for as long as you practice. Uh, oh. This has been a, just a wonderful uh, opportunity for the two of us to watch you guys grow as a firm. And that's uh, quite exciting. And our hat's off to you. And thank you for sharing your wit and wisdom with, um, <laughs> with these audience, with your audiences through these podcasts. They're great. Absolutely. Thanks. So big, big thanks to Cindy and Mark for that for that segment. Uh, it was awesome because we don't we don't usually get guests in, so I think it was a good good back and forth. Um, and with that, I think we'll wrap things up with Alex continuing his incredible streak. 100%. It's a it's a it's a bigger winning streak than buying into Bitcoin at maybe a dollar a share, and now it's at eight thousand. That's how that's how impressive uh, Alex's streak was. Has it been. down to a dollar a share in the beginning? Because, oh God, it was cents. Yeah, I, uh, I know a guy. I know a guy. Yeah, that bought it at a dollar, sold it at when it got sold it. No, no, he bought it at a hundred. Sold. Yeah. He had I don't know how many shares. He would have, he had enough to be, have three quarters of a million dollars if he hung on to it even more now. Yeah. So he bought it at a hundred, sold it at a thousand, and 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 that was a win. And that yeah, was a win. Yeah. Oh yeah, he still made out very well. It paid yeah. off a lot of stuff. Yeah. Uh, but now he's just like, what am I supposed to do now? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. Everything's don't know. a risk. What are you gonna do? I don't know. What are you gonna do? Okay. So we are in the International Residential Code Chapter Three, Building Planning. Alex knows everything about smoke alarms, so he's going to crush it here. Absolutely. We are on smoke alarms, R314.3 location. Smoke alarms shall be installed not less than how many feet horizontally from the door or opening of a bathroom that contains a bathtub or shower unless this would prevent the placement of a smoke alarm required by section blah, blah, blah. E, two feet. F, or sorry, A, two feet. B, three feet. C, four feet. D, five feet. So outside of a bathroom. Outside of the bathroom. What's the minimum it lot, has to be from the door? Time out. Just a question for you. A lot of fires happening in bathrooms? I don't know. Maybe hair dryers. That's, well, the, yeah, yeah, come on. There, okay. there could be electrical stuff. Water, come on. It's possible. Four feet. Eh, five th- feet. Three feet. Three feet. Three feet. Three feet. Yep. A, and then the caveat with that is so like... <clears throat> you have to also comply with, let's say there's bedrooms next next to it and stuff like that, and you have to have a smoke alarm outside of a bedroom. So that's where their little exception comes into play. Okay. All right. If it's close, if it's close enough to a bedroom, that's like, like you can double, like, so you can double up. Gotcha. Yeah. yeah. Two can count. Yep. All right. Same chapter, smoke alarms. This is uh, R314.3.1, insulation near cooking appliances. Photoelectric smoke alarms shall not be installed less than how many feet horizontally from a permanently installed cooking appliance? A, four feet. B, five feet. C, six feet. D, seven feet. So are you saying it has to be away? Uh, yes, it has to be a minimum. Minimum distance away. Or, no, no, sorry. It can't be installed less than. Yep. Yeah, so it has to be at least that far away. Yes. 
Yep. Exactly. Has to be at least that far away. Man. Can't be more than this. Oh, and this is specific. Photo, fo- a photoelectric. A photoelectric smoke alarm. Right? So it detects the smoke particles in the air via photoelectronic technology. Can I have multiple answers? Sure. <laughs> it's your podcast, buddy. Yeah. I say B, C, or D. <laughs> Correct. <laughs> yeah. It is six feet. Congratulations again. Woo. Congratulations again. Thank you. Batting 100%. If you guys have been counting, just I hope you have. I hope on your refrigerator, you just keep checking off all the ones I get right. We're all so proud of him. If you want to hear more of Lance and I, uh, you can do so by purchasing the book, The Creativity Code. It is a great book uh, for for you to, to, to bring you up to speed and, and to give you creative ideas of, of how to design better, how to think about design, not just architecture, but business cards, stuff like that. And basically a framework, a process, right? So if you think about businesses, there is a framework for uh, executing in business. Uh, what's the, the famous one where it's, it's like ninja something? You're a black belt in, uh, Matty P is in it. What? Manufacturing processes. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Okay. I, I don't know the term though. Sorry. Oh, it's come on. Me. It's failing me. It's, it's failing me too. Um, Six Sigma. Okay. Right? So there's a Six Sigma mm-hmm. framework. There's a lean uh, manufacturing framework, which is they kind of go hand in hand. Anyways, there's these rules and processes and filters for how to make decisions. The same is true in visual thinking and, and design. And that applies to so much more than you think. You just don't have to be in architecture to, to have that apply. It applies to your thought patterns. So if you're interested in that, if your wife's interested in that, if you know someone that's going to architecture school, if you have a client, pick it up on Amazon, uh, Creativity Code by Alex Gore. Lance Psycho is there in tiny font, tiny font. Yep, with Lance Psycho. <laughs> with Lance Psycho. Uh, obviously, his architecture, too, uh, contributed to uh, the purpose and the scope and, and, and reading it, for sure. Uh, so pick up that. Uh, you can contact us also. Find us on Facebook. Find us on Twitter. Uh, hit us up. Send us an email, akg at f9productions.com. Go to our website, insidethefirmpodcast.com. You can even leave us a message. There's a little tab right there. You can leave us a voice message. You can just say hi. And please, if you enjoyed this, share it with just one friend, one buddy. If you did not enjoy it, share it with one enemy. Exactly. Uh, And I just want to say a big thanks. So I, I was texting this to Alex, I think last night or something. Um, we crossed the 10,000 listens at, uh, benchmark, and that's just on SoundCloud. So our numbers have been pretty good. So I just wanted to thank everybody from the bottom of our hearts. We really appreciate you listening to the podcast. We do not get paid for this. We are just doing this. We are just doing this and spreading spreading, spreading our knowledge around to try to help everybody out because yeah. you, you get what you give what you give in life. Um, so... Uh, thanks, thanks a lot, and please continue listening because we are we are gonna we are gonna keep crushing through this thing to the end of the year, and uh, hopefully continue in 2018. Awesome, thanks. <laughs>